Good morning and happy Sabbath, church family. It's always a blessing to be able to see your smiling faces. And for those of you who are joining us online through this streaming service, uh, we would like to bid you a wonderful blessing from D-O-Z, where happiness keeps house under the direction of Pastor Leonard Newton. We're so happy to have you with us, whether you're uh, watching us live or you're with us here in person. Um, it's, a, it's a wonderful thing to be able to worship God on his holy day. And if you, have the breath of, if you have the breath of life in your body today, you have something to praise God about. Because it's a good day in the Lord when you're still breathing. That means he's giving you additional time and space to be able to ask for forgiveness of your sins and get your life right with, right with Christ. Um, for those of us who are watching this via YouTube or Facebook, um, we ask that you would uh, please subscribe. Uh, to our service and when you when you watch our videos when you see our services we would like for you to to give us a thumbs up to let us know that you enjoy the services of the Lord and we also would like for you to share with your family and friends um, but what what is most important is that we would love for you to be part of our church family through our text messaging system now at the end of the month in three weeks we're going to be discontinuing our old text messaging service. So we know that most of you who subscribe to our text messaging service, you're subscribed through our old messaging system. That's going to go away at the end of the month. We would like for you to join our new text messaging system. And to do that, you can type the word ADD, A-D-D, to 561 Four six eight three eight seven three. This is very important because for those of you who are still on our old text messaging system and for those of you who would like to join our church family through the text messaging system, you must type in the word add or ADD to this new number because the old number is going to be discontinued at the end of the month. Now this new number, it provides you with a, a better access to our services. So what it allows you to do is it allows you to receive uh, messages from the church where you can join our Bible study groups, you can join our prayer study ministries, you can also receive uh, text messages and text alerts from the church. But more importantly, when we're having a service, if it's Sabbath school or prayer meeting or divine worship, you will receive a text message from this number and all you have to do is click on the number or the link you receive and it brings up the service live on your phone so you don't have to go on to Facebook or YouTube or our church website to view our services live so that's the wonderful thing about this new text messaging system it allows us to do many more things with it now I know some of you probably have not switched over to this text messaging system because when you do type the word add and you, and you send it to this phone number it will ask you for your email address and it will ask you for your date of birth now, some people don't like to share that information, but if you don't want to share that information, if you're one of the ones who doesn't want to share that information, you don't have to put in your actual birthday. Just put in a date. <laughs> but you do need to, uh, you do need to put in an, an email address, a working, functioning email address. And so in order for you to, we would love for you to join our worship circle through this new text messaging system, which is much more powerful, allows you, it allows us to uh, be able to, um, uh, to send you 
information, much more information. But please join our, our, our church family through this text messaging system. And so uh, we also want to uh, let you know that if you are part of, if you have that old text messaging system, if you do not join this new text messaging system, you will stop receiving the text alerts from the church. And we don't want that to happen because there's a lot of important information you can receive. Like during hurricane season, if we want to let you know that uh, church will be closed on a specific Sabbath for hurricane season or you want to receive specific announcements, you have to be notified. We want you to be notified uh, from the church. The second thing is that for anyone who wants free COVID-19 testing, the Lantana Health Department provides this from the hours of 9 a.m. to 1 p.m. Monday through Friday, free of charge. If you, if you feel a little under the weather and you suspect you have COVID, or if you've traveled out of the state or out of the country and you want to make sure that you've not contracted COVID, you can go to the Lantana Health Department, and that is located at 1250 South Winds Drive in Lantana, Florida. Again, that's 1250 South Winds Drive in Lantana, Florida. You can go there between 9 a.m. and 1 p.m. and receive a, a free COVID-19 test, which brings me to my next message, which regards some of the house rules here. Okay, of course, when you come, for those of you who want to come and worship in person with us, just as those who are here with us today worshiping in person, when you come into the church, when you come into the doors, you must have a mask on. You must wear a mask. This is part of the house rules and um, part of the screening process. When you come in, we do have screeners who will take, they will take your temperature and they will also ask you some additional screening questions. If you are sick, they will kindly ask you um, not to worship with us um, on that particular Sabbath, just to keep you and everyone else healthy. And so we want to make sure that you can enjoy your service here and everybody else can enjoy your service here. And we still want to see your smiley face. But if you're sick, we ask that you please not come. And if you are sick and you don't know you're sick, um, you know, just just uh, cooperate with the screeners so that they can help you uh, with the information that is necessary. Of course, when you come inside, there's no congregating in the foyer. You have to come inside the sanctuary. Also, you must keep your mask on when you come in the sanctuary. You cannot remove it. You have to keep it on. So these are the house rules that we want to share with you. Of course, we have the pews uh, roped off every other row. And uh, we ask that if there is an open row, that you would socially distance by separating six feet from your neighbor. Now, we know that some of you are family members and you're related to one another. That's fine. If you're from the same household and you want to sit together, um, that's fine. But if you are not from the same household and you're not related, we ask that if you sit on the same pew, just please uh, um, um, cooperate and sit six feet apart. Sit six feet apart. We want to thank you for that. Um, also, we just would like to mention that uh, um, there's a phone scam that is going around right now. So if you receive a text message from a pastor that is asking for financial assistance, we're asking that you ignore that text message. Let me repeat that again. There's someone who has been sending text messages to church members 
asking for money and they've hit a few people up they even hit up a pastor another pastor for money so um, it's someone who is pretending to be a pastor asking for financial assistance so if they send you if you receive a text message from a, from someone claiming to be a pastor asking for financial assistance please disregard the message more than likely it is a scam um, but first of all we would hope that if anyone is asking you for assistance, you would know that person. But um, if you don't, please be aware that there is a phone scam going around and some of our church members have already received the text message and some of them have actually given money to the individual. So we ask that you not do that, please. Of course, the church always asks for funds. We need money to operate ministry, but there are some people out there who are being malicious and taking advantage of the situation. And we want to thank those of you who, um, who helped uh, participate and make the funeral service for the Taylor family um, a, a comfortable experience last Sunday. The family wishes to, to thank you. They uh, have a message here. It says, thank you all, Daughter of Zion Church, for your thoughts and prayers. We appreciate all the hard work that went into uh, making uh, young Lennox Gowan's funeral a success. It warms our hearts to know we have such an amazing church family and that God continues to bless Daughter of Zion and its ministry. And that is uh, sincerely from the Gowan and Taylor family. So for those of you who helped with the funeral service for young Lennox Gowan last week, uh, the, the family sends its sincere thoughts and prayers and thanks to you. Um, also, uh, we would like to uh, mention that uh, some of you see this, this, uh, the drapes back here behind me. We, we are still under construction. We have work that needs to be done. And just to let those of you know that um, we will be starting the flooring, uh, replacing the flooring and the stage uh, next week. So next week, the contractors will be mobilized to start reupholstering the pews and to start um, uh, replacing the existing carpet. Uh, putting down new carpet, new tile, and replacing the stage. So you will see that work starting to take place next week. So as the old saying uh, says, please pardon our dust when you see these things happening. Um, also, we have a praise report from uh, uh, the Vasquez family. Many of you were uh, joined the prayer circle yesterday at 7.30 in the morning when Deacon Vasquez went in for open heart surgery. His surgery lasted eight hours, and I'm thankful to state that he is out of surgery. He's in uh, ICU recovering, and so the, the operation was a success. So we want to thank you, church family. We want to thank all of you prayer warriors who got together at 730, whether it was in person or online or on your phone, to send up prayers to God, because God answered those prayers, and they safely brought uh, Brother Vasquez through the surgery. So we, the, the family thanks you for participating and, and uh, interceding on his behalf. We do have a, a special guest speaker with us today in the name of Sister Daniela Jean. Some of you may know who she is, but those of you who don't, um, she is a dynamic young woman and she will be presenting the Word of God today. And we are surely grateful for the opportunity that God has given us, even in the midst of this pandemic, to be able to come into his house and worship him. For David declared in the book of Psalms that the Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? 
when the wicked, even mine enemies, and my foes came upon me to eat up my flesh, they stumbled and failed. Though an host should encamp against me, my heart shall not fear. Though war should rise against me, in this will I be confident. For there is one thing I have desired of the Lord, that I will seek after, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to behold the beauty of the Lord and to inquire in His temple. This time I would invite you, inasmuch as you are able to, to kneel where you are as we go before the Lord's throne seventh day. Father God, we are indeed grateful that you are such a good, kind, and merciful God. God that is so kind and merciful that you've seen fit to allow us to come into your courts here today on this Sabbath day. The day that you have set aside for all men to come together to remember that you are the God, that you are the creator of all things. So Father God, we're taking this opportunity just to say thank you, Jesus. For we know that when we got up this morning, it wasn't an alarm clock that woke us up. It was your touch that came and while we was laying in the bed and told us it was time to get up and to come and worship you. And so Father God, we are grateful that we have the opportunity, that we have the breath in our bodies to be able to just say thank you for your goodness and for all that you've done. Lord, we went throughout a tumultuous week and some of us had some difficult times on the job in our families or wherever we found ourselves. But now we are here today to just say thank you. For we know that is a day that all of the troubles of life are set aside, all of the cares. And all we want to do on this day is to give praise and honor to thee. So, Father God, we're grateful and we're thankful for all of your blessings. And we're so thankful for all that you've done in the lives of your children. We're thankful for the surgery that you allowed Brother Vasquez to come through. We thank you so much that you allowed the doctors whom you have blessed with the wisdom and understanding to be able to go inside and do what they had to do. We know that if you had desired, all you had to do was say a word. All you had to do was think a thought and it would have been done. But indeed, you found it necessary for him to pass through the hands of men, men that you endowed the wisdom to be able to heal this condition. And so we thank you for taking him in and to bringing him out of surgery successfully. And for Brother Grice, we are lifting him up as well. We pray, Father God, that you would remember him as he's going through his situation. We know that you are a God that is able to do all things but fail. So we pray, Father God, that you would remember him, that you would touch his body, and when you have done so, we know that he'll be able to testify, Father, that it was you and his family all around him will know that he serves a God that is able. And for Father God, we are praying also for all of the family members whose hearts are hurting because of the loss of a loved one. We continue to pray for the Taylor family who laid in this place just a few days ago, a family member, a loved one. We're praying that you will remember the Fulmore family, the Burton family, the Wells family. And the list just goes on and on. But Father God, we know that you are a God that is able to bring about the comfort that they need. You said that you would send the comforter. And so Father God, we are praying that you would send the Holy Ghost, send the Holy Spirit in such abundance that they will know that although their loved one is at rest, that you're still working on the throne on their behalf. So Father God, we are praying, Jesus, that you would incline your ear just to hear these prayers that we are praying.
that we know that there's no good in us, but we know that you are a good God that loves us. And so we're ushering these prayers up to your throne room. So Father God, we are praying that you would do this, not because of who we are, but because of who you are. And so we are praying that you would bless us. We also are praying, Father God, that you would remember your, the servant that you have appointed for the day. We ask that you would be with her as she bring forth the words that you have given her. So even in this time that she's now preparing to come before your children, we ask that you would just kiss gently the words on the paper that she has so that when she come forth, they may go forth and may spread the good news of Jesus Christ. May you be lifted up in all that she says and do. We are praying, Father God, that above anything we could ever begin to ask of thee, that you would have our hearts to be ready to meet you when you shall come so that we can go back and live out the ceaseless ages of eternity with you. And we can look back and say that this is all over. All of the hardships that all of the hard times we had to endure here are all over. And when we get into the gates, when we get into your kingdom, we'll be able to declare that it was worth it all. And now we are before your throne. We're praying that you would bless us, Jesus, and that you would save us into your kingdom when you shall come. For this is our prayer in the precious and holy name of your son, Jesus. And let all of the God's children say all together, amen and amen. How many of you here today have a birthday this month in November? Do we have any November birthdays? Amen. Amen. God bless you. Happy birthday. For those of you who are listening online, if you have a November birthday, please send it to us through our text messaging system so we can recognize you throughout this month. And so um, also it's, it's uh, one, of, one of our dearest uh, members, um, our church mother, Sister Geraldine King uh, celebrated a birthday on November 1st. So uh, happy birthday, Sister King. And so for all of those other November birthdays, we wish you a happy birthday. And we will continue to do so throughout the month. Our speaker this morning is Sister Daniela Jean. She is a four-time author. Most people don't even write one book in their life. <laughs> but she is a four-time author. And she is the CEO of Arts at Work, which is a nonprofit that promotes the literary, performing, and virtual arts. She is an adjunct professor at Miami Dade College. She is also a public servant and currently serves as city commissioner. Amen. She hosts a weekly broadcast called Wisdom Wednesdays, and she is serving as the young adult director at the Mount Pisgah Seventh day Adventist Church. She holds a master's degree in communications from Florida International University. And most importantly, she loves the Lord. After we have been blessed by our songbird sister, Kayla Naomi, the next voice you will hear will be that of sister Daniela Jean. God bless you.
Happy Sabbath, church family. I'm just thankful that we have a God that goes before, before us and just stands in our place for all the things that we deserve. We have a God that um, just stands in our place so we don't feel the wrath of our sin. And I just thank God that he goes before us so that we don't have to feel that. So I hope that this song can bless you today.
Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord, church. Happy Sabbath. How many of you are free in the Lord this morning? Give me a wave. If you're in the house of the Lord today, if you're watching online, let's give God a praise. Thank you so much, Sister Kayla, for that song of worship. How many of you are grateful to be in the house of God today? How many of you want to give God honor and praise for what he's done for you this week? I don't know what kind of week you had, but I had a crazy week. But I give God praise because he's so good. Isn't he good? He's worthy to be glorified. He's worthy to be magnified. Isn't he not? If God has done anything for you this week, I want you to shout hallelujah. I want you to say thank you, Jesus. You know, we woke up this morning and we, we made our way to church for those of you who brave souls who are here in the house and those of you who are in the comfort of your own home. But we often don't think that some people did not wake up this morning. It may sound cliche. I know it's cliche. But God has been so good to us. And we must take this time just to say thank you. Reflect in your heart on all that God has done for you. He is so worthy. He is worthy to be praised, honored, magnified in this place. Think about it. Two years ago, this place was filled. Right? Now, as you look around, you see it's, it's scarce in here, right? Some people didn't make it. But praise be to God who allowed us the opportunity to be in his house today on this Sabbath day of rest. I want to spend, send a special shout out to Pastor Newton for giving me this opportunity this morning to bring the word. I am not worthy to stand here this morning. Um, but none of us are really worthy when we stand in the presence of a mighty God. And so we give him thanks today. Thank you, um, DOZ, for your hospitality. And I look forward just to be able to dialogue today. I'm not a preacher, but we're going we're gonna to dialogue and, call, and have a great conversation in the Lord. Amen. To our online family, go ahead and share. Go ahead and text a friend. Let them know that God has a special blessing in store for them today. And they don't want to miss out. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. So our scripture today is found in the book of Isaiah. So if you have your Bibles, if you have your Bible app, go ahead and launch that app. For those of you who haven't opened your Bible all week, this is our time to explore the word of God. Amen. So the book of Isaiah, chapter 43, and we're going to be looking at verse 2. Isaiah 43, verse 2, and it's on your screen. And hopefully on the online audience is with us. So it says, when you pass through the waters, I will be with you. And when you pass through the rivers, they will not sweep over you. When you walk through the fire, you will not be burned. The flames will not set you ablaze. Amen. Let us pray. Dear God, thank you so much for your grace and your mercy. Father, we praise you and we honor you this morning because you have given us breath one more time. We honor you, Father, because you are worthy to be praised. And we thank you, Father, for forgiving us for our sins. Thank you, Lord, for this opportunity just to bask in your presence and to understand that you are still God in our lives. Lord, as we go into your word and, and hope to hear from you today, we pray, God, that you don't leave us today that you would pass by us and give us a special word directly from your throne. Be with your people this morning. Bless us and guide us. In your name we do pray. Amen. You may have heard the phrase, the it factor. How many of you have heard the it factor before? 
the it factor is some kind of je ne sais quoi, right? Something about someone that is unique and special, something that makes them a cut above the rest. It's not just attraction, it's something beyond that. It's something that you just can't put your finger on it, but they have that it factor, right? This morning, we're going to be talking about the God factor. Or how many of you may have seen the show, The X Factor? Show of hands, The X Factor. So it's a show that generated in the UK by Simon Cowell, the infamous American Idol judge. And he started this show where people would come with a variety of different talents and gifts and stand before judges and do what? Get judged on their talent. And at the end of the show, the judges are able to tell that person if they have the it factor or the X factor, right? And for the throwbacks, those of you who watch TV, you may be familiar with the show, The Fear Factor. How many of you have seen that show, right? Where contestants, again, go on a show and they go through a series of stunts and a series of disgusting activities, whether it's swimming in a bed of rats or walking through a bed of roaches or what have you, or walking through slime, right? All to get the ultimate prize. And at the end, the host asks this question. Is fear a factor? When we think about our lives right now in this particular state that we're in, 2021, fear has been a factor. We're in a global pandemic, right? And right in this United States of America, over 700,000 individuals has lost their lives due to COVID-19. Isn't that a big number? And there's a lot of fears that we have. Will church be the same? Will I be able to have that child? Will I be able to make the money that I wanted? Will I be able to open that business? Fear has become a very strong and deep factor in our lives. Isn't that fair to say? And when you think about your own personal pandemic, but before we get to personal pandemics, let's talk more about global pandemics from homelessness to suicide being on an all-time high, the scarcity of food. You guys see there's a food shortage going on, right? You're going to the supermarket and the same goods and services that you used to receive, they're not there. Racial discrimination, violence, all those things are at an all-time high right now. Isn't that true, church? And when you think about, when you make it personal, many of you have lost loved ones. I lost six loved ones this year alone you may be personally experiencing grief, loss of a job. You thought you were going to go back to school and get that degree, and, but the financial aid may have not come through. We are not only in a global pandemic, but there's a personal pandemic going on. The bills are still there. The dots are not yet connecting. And we're asking ourselves, is God still in the equation of my life? Is it more about tradition? Or is it still about relationship? Aren't you asking yourself these questions? This week, I was pondering upon that very fact. Is God still a factor in my life? So let's talk about what the God factor is. The God factor means, stands for the promises of God. The God factor is that extra factor in the equation which defies every law of nature and makes the impossible possible. It means that he's able to supply your needs. It means trusting in him, believing that nothing is impossible with him. Now, when we think about our, certain, our circumstances right now, we have to ask ourselves, is God still a factor? 
Is he really supreme? Do we really believe that God is God, the author of my story? Or do we have doubts that the fear factor and other factors are really superseding who God is? We have to ask ourselves these questions. As I was talking to the elder earlier, I was telling him how the world is wide open right now. They're turning up, they're having fun, they're doing the most, right? But the church is scared. We're shaking in our boots, but we believe that we serve the sovereign God. There's something that's not right in this equation. But you may ask yourself, you know what, God, what have you done for me lately? I mean, I've been praying for years, and I'm not seeing the blessings that you promised. As Christians, we got to keep it real. And not only that, we have to be able to earnestly see God and ask him, what is he doing in this season of our lives? There's so many fires in life, the pain and the disappointments, the diseases that are ramping our nation, our families, depression, anxiety. Is it just me? It show, wave your hand in the audience. If you, can you testify that this world is literally upside down? Let me see the show of hands. And we're feeling that not only in the physical realm, but also in the emotional and the psychological realm, where you find yourself overwhelmed and you're asking yourself, God, are you still a factor in my life? As believers, this is the ultimate test of our faith. And we need to also remember, and this is just the beginning, <laughs> but there is still hope. And I, I want to share with you a little bit about my personal story. You know, when people read your bio, you're like, are they talking about me? <laughs> but as believers, we understand and know that God is not finished with you yet. No matter what stage of your life you find yourself in, there is still another level. There is still an upgrade available through God. Amen? It's not over for you. It's not over for me. And I remember three years ago, I think 2019, right? I was working in government at the time, working for the city of North Miami, and I was, you know, had my little desk job, clerical job, you know, clocking in, clocking out, but I knew that God had something more for me, and I didn't know what that was. I had a sense of urgency in my spirit, but it was just not clear, but I remember, let me go back a little bit for the youth that I may be watching. In high school, I never had a clear idea of what I wanted to do. I was smart, Right? Uh, and you think, I want to go to college, but you don't have a clear idea of what you want to do. Can the adults in the room testify? <laughs> you want to be great, but you just don't know what it is. And, and that's why even in the God factor, we have to know that we need to commit our plans to the Lord and they will succeed. That is a scripture that I didn't know until my mid-20s. But we have to understand that we must commit our plans to the Lord. It's not enough for us to just you know, think we have the it fact and we're going to make it happen. We have to submit those plans. And so I remember majoring in biology and being able to pass those classes and also get my uh, bachelor's in, in ultrasound and biology from Barry University. And I remember spending so much time not being able to work. I couldn't find a job. And, but you know what? Every lesson God uses for something. Amen? Nothing is wasted. And so as I started working in government, I remember just feeling this pain in my chest. And I said, well, you know, having that experience of, you know, being in ultrasound and volunteering at the hospitals, but never going into that field, I said, I need to go get checked. And many of us, especially the believers, we have a health message, right? 
we don't really adhere to it. We don't take care of our bodies. And all of that is part of the God factor. God has created us not only to, to serve him, but to take care of our bodies, right? And to be able to be fruitful in the land. So I went, I said, you know what? Let me go get an ultrasound. Y'all with me, church? Online audience, I hope you're with me. So I went to get this ultrasound, and, and as the tech is scanning me, she's, I'm, I'm looking at the screen because, you know, no experience is wasted. Amen? And there's something on the screen, and she calls another tech. And they're like, oh, something looks, so, you know, when they call somebody else into the room, you know <laughs> something is the matter, right? But obviously, they can't tell you anything. And so I go back to my doctor, and they say, it looks like it's cancer. You need to go get a mammogram ASAP. You know, I'm in my late 20s at the time, and I'm like, mammogram? I'm not 40 yet. Why am I getting a mammogram? They're like, it looks very suspicious, very dangerous. We need you to go see specialists in the whole nine yards. Mind you, I've always served. I've always been in ministry ever since I can think of. I had a sign language ministry. For, we're celebrating 20 years this year. Always been in ministry. Always been in service. And I'm like, God, what am I experiencing? And I remember after getting the mammogram and going, they were like, you need a biopsy. And I was like, biopsy? And I remember the morning of the biopsy, no family members were available to go with me. So I experienced that horror of having a biopsy by myself. There was no one there. Driving myself home and thinking, Lord, how is this going to end for me? Where is the God factor in this? But praise be to God, amen, who causes us to triumph the biopsy came back benign. Amen? No cancer. I thought I was going to get more, but amen for that. It came back benign. Praise the Lord. And, that and I still have the scar to remind me of the biopsy and that experience. I still have to go get checked annually. But we think about the fires of our lives. We think about the things in our lives that just didn't make sense. Why did God allow this? Where was the God factor in my situation? And when we think about that, we want God to be a fire extinguisher. Father, I don't want to suffer. I don't want to go through this right now. I want to experience your goodness in the land of the living. I just don't want to go through life just willy-nilly. Now, I want you to open your Bibles to the book of Daniel. Daniel chapter 3, verse 8. We're going to start there. But I want you to read through Daniel chapter 3, verse 8 through 25. In that story is the story of the three Hebrew boys. Amen? And their experience in the fiery furnace. So we know that at the time, the Bible talks about the fact that uh, the Israelites were in, in bondage. That's where chapter, chapter 3, verse 8 kind of begins with the story of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. You guys know those three guys, right? The three Hebrew boys. And we know that that chapter depicts how the Babylonians had taken over and certain Israelites were sold into slavery. Daniel was part of the, the, the three and what happened then was Nebuchadnezzar, the king at the time, was so impressed with these three Hebrew boys. They were gifted, they were talented, they were smart, and they were fast. And as believers, a lot of people say, how did you go into politics? But I remember that Daniel was, in, was in, in working for the, for the king. So he was technically in government. And so were these three Hebrew boys. And they were an example. They did not let go of their beliefs. Uh, oftentimes, once we get in the door... 
we forget about the God factor. Am I not correct? We forget that God placed us there. But the three Hebrew boys did not forget that. But you know there are always going to be some haters in the cut, right? There's always going to be some haters waiting to scheme and perpetrate something when the people of God are at work. And Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego were part of the scheme because the ultimate test in the equation of the God factor is not only will you be able to receive God's favor, but will your faith stand when tested? In the fires of your life, has your faith stood or has it melted like, you know, an ice cream bar in 90 degree heat? (laughs) So we think about the three Hebrew boys who, when... The schemers came forth and said, King, listen, we need you to build this golden statue. And we also know that when the music plays, we want you to tell everybody to bow down. You all know the story and what happened. The three Hebrew boys decided not to relent and they stood. And the king was so vexed that he told the guards what to do to heat up the fire seven times because the three Hebrew boys decided not to bow down. And we also know how the story continues. Guess what? There was a fourth person in the fire. The guards that was heating up that furnace died. Right? But guess what? God was in the fire with them. And I want to remind you this morning that God is in the fire with you. It might not feel like it. You might feel alone, depressed, forgotten. You know, you wanted your elder to call you, you wanted the pastor to call you, and you realized there were no calls. You wanted the the, the members that you were in the choir with to check for you, but guess what? No one was checking for you. You wanted your coworker to invite you to lunch, but they left you out. But listen, in the fires of life, God is still with us. Amen? And guess what? When When the three Hebrew boys were in that fire and God was there with them, if we look at verse... Number 26, number 25, he, um, the, the um, King Nebuchadnezzar said, Look, I see four men walking around in the fire unbound and unharmed. And the fourth looks like the son of the gods. My God. When I was listening to that, listening to that on, on the Bible app, I said, the son of the gods. We serve a God, Jehovah Jireh, the providing God. We have to understand that we're not alone in this. And because of their testimony and their faith, the king was able to say, the most high God. Who is the most high in your life? Who is Lord over your life? Is it your hopes of entering into a relationship? Is it your hopes of having a child or maybe even going back to school and getting that degree that you said you were? Is it, what is the Lord over your life? Is it being seen and being perfect? Or is it understanding that we serve the most high God, the God that is above everything and everyone? This morning, I want you to know that you are not in this fire alone. God is with you. And no matter what comes at you, and I I think about my political experience over the last year, it has been rough. It has been a true test of not only my faith, but my ability to stand when no one else is standing, or my ability to stand firm when everybody wants me to bend. 
or my ability to be able to speak. And even for those of you who may be introverted or feel like you're shy, you don't want to speak up, and you're in that place and God needs you to speak up, finding the courage and the faith to stand is not easy sometimes. Because in this world, sometimes it's easier to be silent than to speak up. But for those of you who are in the sanctuary today, who brave, brave souls who put your mask on and decided to come to church, God has a special blessing for you. And as we look that into the fact that there's less than 50 days in this year, I'm going to say that again, less than 50 days left in the year 2021. What are you believing God to do for you? What miracles are you waiting for God to do? But the other key that I want you to think about is how is your spiritual life? What's the status of it? You know, when church was open, it was easy just to come and sing and dance with the praise team was here and have the potlucks and eat and, you know, do all the regular stuff. And then it go home and come back to AY. And you're like, oh, if I want to come back, I'll come back. Or, you know what, I might just, I might just, guess what? Everything shut down now. Now it's you and God. Now it's real. Is your faith just tradition and, you know, you grew up in the church and now you're just so used to coming to church that now it's personal. Now it's a one-to-one. Now are you still able to observe the Sabbath? Are you still able to relish in God? Or are you like, oh, I'm going to wait till sunset and then I'm going to go out to eat? Or are you kind of like, you know, because of this pandemic, we've had lost sense of time. The day is just rolling to the, the other, and we just, everything seems like just, okay, I woke up today, I might just tune into church, let me go make breakfast, and then, you know, get my pajamas and go on the sofa. You know, we have, we are in a sense of delusion, as, as, if you will, and we're not, we're not understanding what's happening in the spiritual realm. This is a time for us to tighten up. This is a time for us not to just, you know, do what we used to do. This is a time for us to really analyze where God wants us. What is the God factor in your life? One of the Psalms that I really want to leave you with, with as we close is Psalm 23. You know, Psalm 23 is that verse, that chapter in the Bible that we all have memorized. But I want you to, to turn to that. I really want you to turn to Psalm 23. If you have a Bible in your hand, if not, thank you technology for having it on the screen. Now, this, this, this here scripture, I want you to really resonate on it daily for the rest of the year. I said I want, do we have an agreement? Online audience, in person, do we have, a, do we have it? Because we're going to break down the power of Psalm 23 and how it relates to the God factor. So, the Lord is my shepherd. Say it with me, those of you who are in the sanctuary. The Lord is my shepherd. Together, let's do it together. One, two, three. The Lord is my shepherd. That first couple of words remind us that we have relationship with God. We're like lost sheep wandering to and fro, looking for all the, the wrong things in the quote-unquote right places, but never finding anything at the end. The Lord is our shepherd. We have relationship with him. And just like the parable of the lost sheep, we know we have a friend in Jesus. Oftentimes, I, I think about my colleagues on the dais, and sometimes I'm upset that 
I'm like, I need a backup. I need you to, to come to all of the events and, and vote for my item. But you know what? It's all about relationship. I realized that. But we have to remember that we have a shepherd, and he wants us to have an intimate relationship with him. So that first part, the Lord is my shepherd, is all about relationship. We have a direct connection with God. And as we go forward, we, it says, I shall not want. Say it with me. I shall not want. That's supply. We talked about the food supply earlier, how certain items are not even available. Or if you put an online item on Amazon, it might take a little longer to get to your house. But we serve the God of the abundance. And we serve a God that has endless, endless supply. Do you believe that this morning? I want you to really test your faith through this. Because I can start naming things that I'm like, God, you, you say you're going to supply, but I'm not seeing nothing. We are in a place where God is testing us. Do you re really believe that he is your shepherd, that you have a direct relationship? And then do you also believe that he will supply? This is, this is a test. As we move forward, it says, he makes me lie down in green pastures. And that's rest. When I think about my experience um, leading Hands Out for Christ, Sign Language Ministries, we used to minister at least four times in a weekend. We would minister Friday, sometimes Friday, twice on Saturdays, and we would even go to the first day churches too, <laughs> okay? We were back to back to back ministering all over the place. But you know what? That, that sense of resilience that I had in ministering, I un also understand that we need to rest. Amen? Some of you need to rest, not only in the physical sense, but also in the spiritual sense. Give yourself a break. Give yourself a mental break. Rest in the Lord. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. A lot of times we find ourselves experiencing insomnia. How many of you have experienced insomnia before? You just can't sleep. Your mind is going around and around and around. around especially these days, you wake up at 2 o'clock in the morning, you wake up at 3 o'clock in the morning, and you cannot sleep. He says, he makes me lie down in green pastures. That identifies that God is willing and ready to allow us to rest in him. But are you willing to open your arms and allow that to happen? He makes me um, beside, he leads me beside quiet waters. That's refreshment. I don't know about you, but with all the toxicity happening in, new, in the news on WhatsApp, <laughs> I'll add WhatsApp to that too. There's just, you're bombarded with so much information that you need to, a refreshment in the Lord. Well, you feel refreshed, you feel renewed. And that's what Psalms 23 promises us. As we continue, it says, he restores my soul. That's healing. Earlier, I talked about uh, suicide being an, at an all-time high. It's real. People are killing themselves. And when we think about it, anxiety, depression, loneliness, these things are running rampant even in the church. Because like I said, the brethren that's supposed to check for you on, on you, there's no more calls coming in. And so we understand that he heals us through his restoring of our soul. 
And I, for a long time, I experienced depression for many years, and I remember having a therapist through those years. In addition to being a person of faith and believing God's restoring power, sometimes you need to go speak to someone. And that healing power is really in God and in community. He guides me in the path of righteousness. Now, this right here is for all of us. I was going to say to the young people, but when we think about guidance, you know, whatever stage that you are in your life, you, feel, you may feel like there's another place that you need to go. How many of you may feel that way? Like you're in your job, but you're like, this ain't it, this ain't it. You know, you might be serving in church and you're like, this, I need more. And God promises us through Psalm 23 that he will guide us. He guides me in the path of righteousness as we go forward for his name's sake. We're really breaking down this because for his name's sake talks about purpose. And as we think about and talk about the God factor, we understand that a lot of us still don't know what our purpose is. We're aimlessly serving and we're aimlessly doing things, but we don't know what God wants for us in this season. And so I want all these things, hopefully for you who are taking notes today, I want you to continue to pray through this. And even though I walk through the valley of shadow of death, that's the testing. Like I said, I lost six, six family members this year, two of which was at the beginning of the year, husband and wife. They died hours apart, hours, less than an hour apart, non-COVID related. Uh, and, you know, just to have two caskets in one church, literally I saw my uncle one month, the next month he was gone. Okay, And so when we talk about the testing, we understand that God is testing our faith. You know, when I stand before you right now, it's really the grace of God that's keeping me up. But I know that we've all been tested through this valley of shadow of death. We're seeing death all around. And for those of you who may be up there in age, you might think, am I next? But you know what? God still has a plan for you, and he still has a purpose for you. It goes on to say, I will, I will fear no evil, verse 4. And that's the protection. I took that drive. I was like, why did I tell Pastor Newton yes? Because it was a 45-minute drive from Miami to all the way up here. <laughs> I was like, Ooh. if you live in Miami, you know everything is 20 minutes, 20 minutes, 20 minutes. I was like, 45 minutes, D-O-Z, okay. But there was a protection because as you see people driving on 95, like bats out of some other place, we have been protected. Amen? And the verse goes on to say, for you are with me. That's God's faithfulness towards us. Your rod and your staff, they come for me. That's the discipline. Amen? Discipline. Now, we're not going to talk about the quarantine 15 and uh, then the weight that we gained this quarantine and we're not walking and we're not doing anything and we're eating all kind of donuts and sweets. But guess what? He, he, when he gives you that rod, it's for discipline. Because in the time that we're transitioning into, there's a lot of things that we won't have. Just like there's no praise and worship, there's no, uh, no juice, no, no drummer, no, no bass. You know, there's going to be a time where there's no online. There's going to be a time that there is no online. Like one of the pastors says, this is like a, a, a precursor. This is like a pre-show. 
so slowly, you're, how, how is it possible that two years ago, in a matter of, of months, everything was shut down in, inst- in an instant? If we think about that, not even looking at prophecy, if we think about that, that shows you that there is a slow stripping of, uh, of certain things for the ushering of certain things to come in. And so the discipline part is very important as we look at Psalm 23. And as we continue on, you prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. And that's hope. How many of you have lost your hope? Now, we, we said this is going to be a conversation, so we, I need the raising of the hands. How many of you feel like you've lost your hope? Okay, I raised my hand. We have to sit and see. Like I was telling the elder earlier, I have not stopped going out. Last, yesterday afternoon, I was at a location called The Wharf in Miami. I was celebrating their first year anniversary. And as I'm looking at the people, there's lines of people. They're ready to go and have a good time. And, and I'm looking at these people like, wow. I was by myself, and I'm looking at them like, wow. And when I look at the church, the people are scared to come and get a praise. And they're social distant. Got your, the people had no mask on. There was no temperature checks. There was no hand sanitizer. And the people of God are still afraid. And these people at the wharf were having a good old time. No fear, no inhibitions. And my hope is, were, felt a little afraid because I was like, these are the same believers that were, that were praising God during the evangelistic crusades and praising God during the 40 days of prayer. And now everybody's scared. What is going to happen when prophecy goes into full throttle. So I want us to continue to keep that spirit of hope. And as we continue on, you anointed my head with oil. That's consecration. You know, it's not easy to be young-ish in 2021 (laughs) because even as an adult, you know, while we're secluded, the devil is always planning something. You know, you're, you're, you're secluded at home, so you find yourself on certain channels. You know, you're secluded, so you find yourself listening to certain things. But we are still anointed and consecrated for this time. And I think it's a struggle sometimes to understand that we're still the people of God. We're still the light. Uh, because the darkness seems so shadowing, right? And the light seems so dim. I don't know if I'm the, am I the only one that feels that way? That the shadow, the darkness of the world is so heavy, and being that light takes an extra level of consecration. So again, as this year is coming to a close, ask the Lord, how do you want me to consecrate myself, God? My cup overflows, and that's abundance. In all things, we must always remember that God still is the abundant God. Exceedingly abundantly, God can still do great things. And so we want to tap into his abundance. Surely goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life. That's blessings. His blessings are still abundant. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord. That's security. You know, I want, before we go forever, but the security part is so important because we've all had people who said, I got you. 
I got you. How, how much you need? Yeah, 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 I got you. I remember texting a colleague yesterday, and I said, hey, I need you to do this. I want to do this. And they went, I got you. No, they didn't say I got you. They were like, okay, uh, let me get back to you. I'm on the line with something. And we, I, can't, I went to an event. I went to two events yesterday. The second event that I went to, the person was there. And they were like, oh, I said I was going to call you back, but I didn't. You know, we can't even find security in people anymore. People's words are not what they used to be. But there is security in God. I will dwell in the house of the Lord that assures us that God has secured a place for us. And the last part of that is forever. There is an eternity that we have to look forward to. You know, in, in the state that we're in, and as we're closing, in the state that we're in, we, we kind of forget that God's favor and abundance is still available. And that we will spend an eternity with God like the elder was saying in his prayer. There's still another, there's still another step, everyone. Do not lose hope right now. There is still another step, and you have to hang on until that time comes because there isn't an eternity to gain. Amen? And so, this equation of the God factor, it's two things that I want to sum it up in. Faith and favor. Faith and favor still equals the miraculous. There is still favor in God. I want to be favored like Daniel was favored, like Joseph was favored, like Samuel was favored, like Esther was favored, like Noah was favored. I want to receive that favor of God. How many of you want to receive that favor of God? And so I want you to know that as the shift is happening into this next season and we're going to go into the holiday season and we're going to be in that place where, you know, people are buying gifts and doing all kinds of things. God still wants you to tap into what he's doing in your life. And I want you to tap into that by understanding that there is still a God factor. God is still relevant in this season. It's not just a practice of getting dressed and coming to church or tuning in. This is about relationship. This is about experiencing his goodness right here in the land of the living while you're still breathing. There is still more that God wants for you. Amen? There is still more that God wants to do through you. When I look at my life and I think about how God has used me in so many ways, and people are like, my goodness, you're doing this and you're doing that. Because I understand that I'm favored. Amen? And not only am I favored, but I have been anointed for this season. And my prayer is always that, God, whatever you're doing in this season, do not do it without me. We have to, do, we have to be relentless in our pursuit of God and what he's trying to do in our life. Don't stand in his way. Don't stand in his way. If you want to be part of the favor of God, there's going to be a, a mighty move of God in this next season. And I believe it. And I'm holding on to it even as I'm looking at what's happening in the world. I'm understanding that God still wants to use me. And my resume is going to get longer and longer. Why? Because I'm willing to be used by God. And it's not easy and fun. Don't, oh, it's not fun. That 45-minute drive was not fun. And when God wants me to do stuff, and I'm like, God, why me? Why now? He's like, because I need you right now. And that's the same charge that I want to put on you. God wants to use you to reach someone else. So be open to the God factor in your life. Let's pray. Dear Lord, we bless you and we honor you today. Great God, Jehovah Jireh, our King, 
sovereign, mighty, holy, righteous in all your ways. You are God. We believe you and we know that you are the creator of the universe and you are the author of our story. Lord, as we stand before you, vulnerable, fully surrendered, we ask, Father, that you would see us where we are at this time. For our online audience and those who braved the conditions to come into church today, we, we're still seeking your face, Lord. We acknowledge your power and your sovereignty, but Father God, we're asking for miracles to break through in our lives. Break the chains of pain and generational curses. Pull down the strongholds for us. We pray, Father, for the parents and the children and those families that are really in need of you, those who are grieving, those who are really have lost their religion. But more so, Father God, we pray for those of us who are seeking a relationship with you, that this church and the churches all around the nation would be a beacon of hope for all of those who are looking for a way. God, we pray for the shepherd of this church and all of the different officers who are trying to hold up the bloodstained banner. Father, strengthen them wherever they are. We pray, Lord, that you would show us what you want us to do in this next season. Father, we're seeking your guidance and we're seeking your favor and we're seeking forgiveness, Lord, for not believing that you can still do it for us. Remove the doubts. But Father, allow us to have a testimony by the end of this year of how you turn things around for our advantage, God. We pray, Lord, for the next ushering of what's coming next. We ask that you would guide us and keep us in the land of the living, that you would preserve our lives and that you would heal our bodies from sickness, not only physical ailments, but mental illness, Lord, those that are lonely, depressed, feeling anxious, those that are about to go into this holiday season alone with no family or no money to even have a, a, a turkey or a Thanksgiving dinner. Father God, we pray for those out there. Lord, you know we need you. So we ask that you would forgive us of our sins and allow us to understand that you are the God that sees. Help us, Lord, to understand that you are still in the miracle working business. I stand here praying for this congregation and myself, Lord, that we as your children should be the head and not the tail. But sometimes it feels like we're the tail. Father God, help us to remember that we are the head. Allow us to enjoy the benefits of delighting in you. Lord, and as the Sabbath day goes forth, help us to rest in you and know that you still have a work that you're doing in us. Bless us and keep us, Lord. In your mighty, matchless name we do pray. Amen. Be blessed.